0: Hey everybody, how you doing? We are back for another CFB Dynasty podcast. Zach is taking the night off, so I'm going to be your host. My name is Matt Knowles. I am one half of In Symmetry Creations. I, that is a content creation and comic writing company. But as far as uh, CFB Dynasty goes, I've been involved with the league for the college and pro fantasy football league for 13 years. And I have been uh, been in fantasy football for 25 years. No Brian McElfresh for uh Probably longer than he's been alive, but um, either way, you've got me tonight. We're going to be talking about top transfers impacting college fantasy football. Got two other great people with me tonight. We're going to start over here in this uh, this corner with uh, Brian McElfresh. Brian, why don't you introduce yourself and let everybody know a little bit about why you're on this podcast?
1: Hey, so I started CFB Dynasty out of out of need. I was already doing the research and everything uh, for my own. You know personal cfb dynasty the the actual fantasy league portion of this um so six years ago we started cfb dynasty to to kind of put that research out on the web to to help everyone out with cheat sheets and rankings um and we do everything from your standard you know seasonal fantasy football league to the keeper to the dynasty leagues and we define dynasty as uh you know college players being drafted for your college fantasy team, and then they graduate up to your NFL team. Um, I know other people call it c to c or campus to Canton, but Dynasty's how we define it. It's the same thing. And uh, I run a digital marketing agency out of Ocala, Florida. We service local clients nationally, um, or we service them locally and nationally. And uh, it's called Searchalytics. And uh, Danny, why don't you go ahead and give yourself an intro?
2: Well, man, that's a uh, pretty impressive to follow. But my name's Danny Tucker. I've been with uh, CFB Dynasty for six years now, working behind the scenes, doing helping with all the rankings and all the little posts to write and all that good stuff. I've been playing in college fantasy football now for about thirteen years, um, probably longer, twenty plus years with NFL and all that stuff. But college football is where my background is, and that's what I love the most. So. What I love to do.
0: All right, so tonight we're going to be talking about the top transfers impacting college fantasy football. We are going to be using the a list from twenty four seven written by Chris Hummer. Um, so we're going to we're going to look at the the players that are going to have the most impact that are fantasy eligible. We don't care, as far as this podcast is concerned, about an offensive lineman transferring or a linebacker transferring because in most of our leagues you are not going to be drafting those guys. We're going to go down his list and look at the top 20 or so that are draft eligible and then we're going to ask some follow up questions after that. So um we're going to start off with the the top guy on the list, the guy that made Brian McKelvey stand on his head, uh jump for joy, you know, do some cartwheels and uh we're going to start right there with him that is the tight end Eric Gilbert from Florida. Brian, let's talk about some Eric Gilbert
1: Yeah, so he comes over from LSU, and oddly, before the the Florida game, uh, he he opted out, and then he never played again for LSU, and uh, I know there's a lot of rumors about Georgia tampering with him and whatnot, but not going to get into that. As far as fantasy goes, um, he's going to come in as the direct replacement for Kyle Pitts, and you really can't Mm -hmm. think of a better person to kind of replace him. So Pitts obviously won the Mackey award, had a great season uh, with Trask at quarterback. He didn't play all the games this season, set out a couple, but had over 700 yards, 12 touchdowns. He'll be a top 10, top 15 pick in the draft. Eric Gilbert comes in as a freak. So he's, you know, 6'5", 253 pounds, did some amazing things as a freshman really fast. And uh, he's the highest rated freshman in the history of, you know, since they've been doing rankings for tight ends. So, um, that's going to be a big deal for the Florida offense. Uh, the offense is going to shift a little bit from a little bit less pass heavy, more, more running focused with, uh, a dual threat quarterback, Emery Jones taking over for Kyle Trask. Uh, but I love Er Eric Gilbert. He, he really could Lead Florida in catches. He'll probably compete with uh, Jacob Copeland for that. And uh, assuming that he'll be able to play this year, he will be an absolute starter for whoever he, for whoever has him in in fantasy. Certainly one of the top five tight ends in our rankings that we have and haven't unveiled yet, but we plan to in the next few uh, podcasts here. Tucker,
0: Danny, as a Florida State fan, you just got rid of Kyle Pitts. (laughs) Now you get to go deal with Eric Gilbert with your cross-state rival. What do you think about Eric Gilbert going to Florida, being a Florida State fan yourself?
2: Well, honestly, I don't like it, like, at all. But it's going to be very interesting this year to see how the Florida offense works in general. They are replacing a lot of their top players from last year on offense. You're probably going to see a lot more RPOs, which can trigger a lot more catches for the tight end. I mean, I think Pitts had 43 catches last year, missed a lot of time. The year before that, 54. If Gilbert is the go-to guy, I mean, he could easily push 70, 80 catches this season easily. You know, dumping over the middle because when you're looking at quarterbacks running like crazy on you, it leaves the wide open tight ends over the middle of the field. So it could be very interesting and it's not something I'm looking forward to having to defend at the end of the season.
1: Yeah. That's a great point. Kind of like the RPO, like you said, really putting the linebacker at conflict there. He's got his eyes in the backfield. It's really easy to leak that tight end out. Uh, yeah, great point.
0: Danny, as you said, Florida has got to replace a lot of pieces. Uh, interestingly enough on the, uh, on this transfer list, number two on the 24 seven list is DeMarcus Bowman, who is also going to Florida. So, Brian, again, as a Florida fan, what do you think about this list having the top two guys as transfers into your favorite program?
1: Yeah, it's, it's great. Bowman came out of Lakeland High School, and Florida you know, has landed a ton of, of top talent from there. And uh, you know, Florida coaches got a lot of flack for not landing Bowman out of high school, but uh, he comes over from, from Clemson, uh, and he, he, it's from a fantasy point of view, he was going to be that next guy. Like he was going to probably beat out uh, the other backs there and become the man at Clemson. Um, but it's just not going to be the case. He's going to go to Florida and he's going to play like he's going to play this year. There's Damien Pierce, the senior who, who will be there. Um, and uh, Lorenzo Lingard, another former five-star transferred over from Miami didn't play a ton last year while he was uh, learning the offense, but uh, I expect them all to play and to get some touches. And I think Bowman eventually becomes the guy at Florida. What does that look like in an offense where the quarterback runs a lot? Um, that's going to be interesting to see. So you kind of want to look back at the Mississippi State offenses with Dak Prescott where they ran a lot of read option and the running backs uh did well. They were fantasy worthy running backs, but they weren't um they weren't your running back 1 uh or your running back 2. Like they're they they can be a, a good third running back in most leagues, but uh but yeah, I I like to or I I like to believe that Emory Jones will you know, with his ability to run is going to eat up a ton of the fantasy points. Him and Eric Gilbert, t- Jacob Copeland will be the best out of the offense. And what's left for the running backs um, is to be seen. But I think Bowman will eventually become the guy.
0: All right, so we're going to move on to the next guy on the list. We're actually going to start with Danny on this one, because Danny is a, as a fantasy player that had Tennessee running backs last year, What do you think about Ray getting up out of there and going over to Oklahoma?
2: Well, I'm excited about it, but at the same time, nervous. Um, I'm happy he's out of Tennessee because I feel like he's going to have more opportunity in a wide open, spread open offense. Uh, Maybe they'll use him a little more down by the goal line, unlike Tennessee who wanted to use him in between the 20s and then slide other people in. He's got big shoes to fill. I mean, Oklahoma's losing a really good back this year, so there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to come in and take the field. Um, We're just going to have to wait and actually plays out in Oklahoma. You know, are they going to lean more on Spencer Rattler's arm this year with that wide open, all those receivers they have, Mims coming back, Hasselwood coming off injury? Um, It's just going to be interesting to see how they actually run that offense for a
1: change. I was a little bit disappointed when I s when I remembered Kennedy Brooks for a second. Cause when the Eric Gray uh transfer happened, I immediately thought, oh wow, that's a top 10 running back. I've seen a lot of Eric Gray, and he is an incredible yeah. back. And the way he runs, uh, he's he's definitely got NFL potential. Um, just just an all-around, really good back and catch, is tough, runs between the tackles, he's got speed. Um but how, so Kennedy Brooks opted out last year, kind of, how does that factor into the depth chart? That's just going to be something we have to see currently in the rankings. I have them both in our top 25. um, But I really look forward to kind of seeing how the depth chart shakes out. Eric Gray could be a star if given the opportunity at Oklahoma, a fantasy star, Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see.
0: All right, so number five on the list is Wandale Robinson going from Nebraska to Kentucky. So, Brian, what do you think about uh, about this guy?
1: So, Nebraska has just been uh, rough from a fantasy perspective. When Scott Frost went there and Adrian Martinez signed on, I was all in. I really thought that would work out. It's probably my biggest rankings blunder uh, a couple years back, uh, having Adrian Martinez so high on on the rankings because just uh, everything seemed to naturally fit well. I thought they would do some damage in the Big Ten, but they just haven't yet. Wandale Robinson was was the man there. He had 40 catches as a freshman, 51 as a sophomore, but only a few touchdowns. I think uh, for his career or last year he had two touchdowns uh so it's really not the kind of growth you expect out of a player he he's bursty he's quick uh he's he's not uh he's not a possession receiver which i like people who get uh volume of catches um but he might be able to get that in kentucky as a slot receiver and potentially get some carries as well um i like it kentucky's an under the radar team um He's not someone you'd want to start in most fantasy leagues unless you're in like an SEC only league, obviously. So he's he's someone to kind of think about and, and see how he does um, in the spring, in the fall. And then maybe he'll be worthy of, of more of a late round pick, a, a, like a bi-week filler kind of player.
0: Danny, what do you think about him moving over to uh, to Kentucky? You have a, t- a school in Nebraska that that didn't get to play all their games last year, and then you have uh, th- he's gets moved to the SEC, where you know Kentucky, you got to play an SEC schedule. Do you think he's going to be able to uh, to show out in the SEC after what happened last year and uh, with Nebraska?
2: I mean, from a personal standpoint, I I think I'd avoid him in fantasy, um, and that's just me from a personal standpoint. Kentucky's offense to me has just never been one that I've trusted in. In anything, I mean, we saw a couple of years ago they ended up with a player hurt. They put a wide receiver at quarterback, and he just ran the ball every time. You know, what I mean, to me, there's just not enough there to actually put any any trust in them. I mean, that's somebody I'd use as a pickup maybe midseason, something like that. If we see the offenses start working or going that route, but I just don't know if I'd put faith in him yet. That's fair. I
0: absolutely agree with that. All right, now we're going to move on to uh, to Ty Chandler, the running back for North Carolina. This one's very interesting, just because of the massive gaping hole that is currently the uh, Nebraska, I mean the North Carolina running backs, because of how much, how excellent they were, and that pains me as a North Carolina State Wolfpack fan. It pains me how absolutely great their two-headed monster was last year, but I think that Ty Chandler is really uh, getting himself into a great situation that where he could really be a star with all those guys and all that production that's moving out. Uh, Danny, you want to start there too? What do you think about the Ty Chandler move to North Carolina?
2: Well, that's my big thing. I Losing the top two wide receivers, losing the top two running backs off their team. You return a great quarterback and Sam Howe. Who does he lean on in the offense? You know, Ty Chandler's coming over. He's got all the SEC experience. He's coming into the ACC now, known as weaker defenses. They don't have all the, all the weapons that – you know, the sec is known for, you know, and I think it's a great fit for him. I I mean, I, I, I easily could see him as a number two fantasy running back this year on your, on your teams, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Carter. So to give you, to give you guys the numbers. So Michael Carter last year, uh, 1200 yards, nine touchdowns rushing Javante Williams, Uh, 1,100 yards, 19 touchdowns rushing. That's not even uh, discussing what they did as pass catchers, uh, which they were both heavily involved there. Uh, Ty Chandler's got a tremendous opportunity to step in as a full-time starter. And do really well, so I I love this fit, man. The upside is pretty immense. Um, he's never had 700 yards rushing in a season through four seasons. Uh, never had five touchdowns rushing uh, through four seasons. So uh, I just I think he's going to be worth a flyer. I agree uh, on running back too. If if he's there, some some for some reason, like in the you know later, like sixth, seventh, eighth round. Um he's he's absolutely worth worth a draft pick. I can't wait to see what his average draft position is going to be, but uh absolutely someone I've got my eyes on. Um and will continue to monitor. I, I have to imagine he's gonna win the starting job. He's gonna it's gonna be his last year. Uh, for sure. And then uh, North Carolina's got some young guys that you need to watch for any dynasty leagues to kind of see who gets the the second team carries there. Um, they run the ball enough to run more than one, one running back, and they will. But I believe Chandler's going to get those goal line carries, and uh, he'll get the bulk of the carries either way. Yep.
0: All right. So the next guy we go to is actually number 14 on the rankings. And again, like we said, we are going through the top 20 of college fantasy football draft eligible players. So there's been a lot of offensive linemen and linebackers and cornerbacks that have been in the list up to this point. This is the first quarterback that is on the list, and that's Tanner Mordecai, who's going to SMU. BMAC, I know that you have a uh, a, a very strong feeling about him going over to SMU. Tell us what you think here.
1: Well, it's it's disappointing uh, for a lot of the the fantasy guys out there, the guys who follow college fantasy football or other other sites that write about them uh everyone was looking forward to Preston Stone I mean who doesn't love drafting a freshman early in the draft um especially if you're in a keeper dynasty league where you can hold hold people over for years to come uh Preston Stone came to SMU this year, as a four star commitment pro style, six foot two, 205, um, was expected to be the next man up. But Tanner Mordecai is going to surprise some people because he was a good recruit. He can move, he's got a good arm uh, coming over from Oklahoma. Uh, I expect Mordecai to win the job and I expect him to put up some great fantasy numbers. Um, so he's, he's got some years of eligibility left too. So the Preston stone fans out there are just going to have to, you know, take your shot and wait, or, um, you know, maybe he'll be able to beat out Mordecai, but I, I do think Mordecai is going to get this job.
0: Danny, if you had Mordecai and stone, both sitting there in the draft at the same position, and you have to draft one or the other, you have no other choice. You've got to draft one or the other, which one goes onto your draft board and why? Not going to put you on the spot, but I am going to put you on the spot.
2: Yeah, this is definitely on the spot, <clears throat> man, because you want to own SMU starting quarterback. You want to own their number one option at wide receiver. Those guys just put up crazy fantasy stats every year. Uh, can I tell you it depends on how my team actually looks right now? If sure. I'm, if, sure. I, if I am young laden, then I'm going to look at Tanner Mordecai all day long. If I'm looking for a freshman, then I'm going to go freshman. But out of the two, if I had to guess, I'd probably go Tanner. Um, He just has college experience already. He's been in systems. He knows how springs work. Um, So, yeah, on the spot guess would have to be Tanner.
0: Well, I think that's a good point, too. I think one of the things that we learned from the 2020 season – is that there's always going to be a time to draft guys for the future, but right now you want to be drafting guys that are going to be able to put stats on your on your team right now yep. and because you don't know what's going to happen in 2021, 2022. You're not sure what the, the mechanisms are going to be in place, so it makes it even more risky to take a flyer on a guy that you're not sure is actually going to be the starting quarterback. So I think that the decision to uh, to go Mordecai there is probably the smarter of the two with the knowledge that we have right now, he is probably the most likely guy that's going to put up stats today for your team.
1: Yeah. Uh, And he's going to have a a legit number one fantasy receiver and Reggie Roberson jr. Who came back for an extra year this year to go along with Rishi rice and Bentley and the rest of the, the offense, they're going to be fun. They're going to put up a lot of points. And if Mordecai's uh, if, if he wins the job, uh, he'll be a, a great, legit fantasy starter.
0: All right, so now we're going to move on to uh, number 16. And uh, it, it pains me to say that I'm rooting for this guy this year because he went to Florida State. But it, it pains me to say I'm rooting for him. I absolutely am rooting for him. And that's Mackenzie Milton, who transfers from UCF after the horrific injury that he had uh, up there to to uh, Florida State. Danny, we're going to start with you because this is going to be your guy. So what do you think about Mackenzie Milton going up there to uh, Tallahassee?
2: Well, if he's 80% of what he was when he played for UCF, he'll be the best quarterback on the team. With that said, I think the quarterback situation of Florida State this year is going to be split. One thing that pained us last year was Jordan Travis was running way too much and got hurt. Then we had to rely on Fred. Milton has a much better arm than what Travis has got. Uh, I could two-quarterback system running to where Milton is handling more of the passing downs. Everybody knows Travis, you with but he also proved that by the end of the season his arm better. So he's one of those guys that you can't just say, oh, he's just running the read option and that's all you're going to get. Um, I think Milton, as long as he's fully healthy, is day one starter at this point. Um, I don't see the reason why they would have went out and got him if they weren't trying to upgrade the position from last year. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting watch. And I think he could probably be one of the best on the transfer market this year, if, if, as long as he's healthy.
0: Yeah. After seeing, watching Florida State football for over 30 years, being an ACC fan, I've never seen Florida State have such a mess at quarterback like they had last year. It was unreal how many guys took snaps at Florida State that honestly probably never should have had to take snaps. So yep. for them to be able to get some kind of stability in there does not is not a good thing for the rest of the schools in the ACC because that's something that they've missed for a long time is true stability at the quarterback spot. And McKenzie Milton is probably going to be the guy that's going to uh, bring that to him. So, BMAC, what were you going to say?
1: Yeah, he's going to be an interesting interesting follow just to see how that offense and offensive line shapes up. Um he's he was an outstanding quarterback and uh I had him on my fantasy team when he got hurt, cost me uh championship as I was standing in uh crunchies and she's getting some wings and uh boom, he went down my championship was over. Um I can't remember if that was. I feel like it was a Thursday or Friday game. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a rough injury, and everybody's rooting for for Mackenzie Milton to do well. Um, so hopefully, he'll have a great year and uh, help get things kind of turned around and in the right direction. Um, but yeah, we're we're looking forward to seeing him.
0: All right, we're going through the twenty four seven list of impact transfers. We are up to number eighteen. Uh, this is Zach Charbonnet from uh, the running back who's going to UCLA we'll start with Brian what do you think about this one
1: Charbonnet four-star guy went to Michigan and uh, did really well he's a bigger guy uh 62 215 powerful runner um, but he's he's not slow either so he uh, it's just thought it was the perfect fit there with harbaugh in michigan but man nothing's really turning out perfectly for them uh so at ucla under chip kelly hey they're starting to get things going so um kind of a slower start than than a lot of people wanted to see but uh watch out like as as charbonnet gets going he can be the man um running backs under chip kelly the starter Um, have all excelled in fantasy and uh, he could absolutely be a fantastic sleeper that uh, because he didn't put up big numbers at Michigan uh, might not get the the respect going into to some rankings some draft boards a lot of people probably overlook him but uh, certainly as a a future starter for UCLA uh, I like him a lot how about you Tuck
2: yeah I think he's one of the guys that Everybody wanted out of high school, you know, he's like a Trey Sanders, you know, everybody's now just waiting, you know, when are you going to come out and and announce yourself to to the fantasy world, you know, and hopefully he can find a new home, resettle himself in out there and hopefully he can finally give us all what we wanted, because I'm pretty sure he was probably a, a first, second round pick in most drafts, you know, so yeah, we'll see.
0: All right, so next on the list, we've got uh, the wide receiver, Charleston Rambo, went from Oklahoma down to Miami. I'm going to start with him. I think this is probably a great move for him. Last year, everybody thought he was going to be much more than he was. Um, nobody thought that Mims was going to be the the number one guy out there. Mims was actually ranked as the wide receiver five on that team mm-hmm. uh, preseason. So for Mims to become the go-to guy out there, um you know, if you're a wide receiver and you don't want to compete with that, you know, go somewhere where you've now got a a super senior quarterback in Derek King that's coming back. He could uh, he could have a monster year with a, a super senior quarterback down there in Miami. Brian, what do you what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, totally agree. It was the right move for him. He wasn't going to get the, the catches at Oklahoma. Um, he actually declined from 43 catches to 25 from 19 to 20. Um, but yeah, with Hazelwood coming back, Trajan bridges, uh, he's probably going to earn a starting role. They're going to find a way to get that talent on the field. Uh, in addition to Mims and everyone else that they've got there, it was the right move. And yeah, with the air King and Miami, uh, Rambo has an opportunity. He was Rambo was one of those guys that I'd like to pick, uh, like with other Oklahoma or high powered passing offenses. He's a good, like third you know, low cost receiver in like a DFS lineup, um, but man, I think he's got a he's got a chance to to get some volume there. Uh, similar to the situation um, at Florida or any other like dual threat quarterback, the quarterback is gonna eat up the fantasy uh the bulk of the fantasy points so i don't think he's he's a wide receiver one wide receiver two for fantasy but uh he could be a a spot filler and if uh if he's available because no one drafted him uh certainly worthy of of checking him out to see if he ends up getting you know six seven eight uh Attempts his way uh, every game. So we'll see. He's one that I'd wait on probably. He's not someone I'm uber excited about or anything, but uh, it was good for him. It was a that's uh, what the transfer portal was made for. And uh, uh, hopefully he'll he'll become uh, you know, an everyday starter at Miami and, and do some damage.
0: All right. So now we're going to go down to number 20 on the 24 seven top impact fresh or t- top impact transfers. And that is Ethan Garbers, the quarterback for UCLA. Brian, what do you think about this transfer for Garbers going over to UCLA?
1: So Garbers, a four-star pro-style quarterback, which is interesting for for uh, UCLA and Chip Kelly um, taking on a, a pro-style guy. But uh, he, he can move a little bit. Um, but he's he's not going to be uh, Mariota or anything like that. So we'll see how, how this plays out. He um, – transferred out of Washington after Dylan Morris won that job. Uh, and then five-star Sam Heward, uh is entering there also. So most expect him to be the next man up. And I apparently garbage thought so too. So he's out and uh, at UCLA and uh, no film or anything on him yet in college. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see. He is not someone to draft uh, with any anticipation of putting up fantasy points uh, in the 2021 season.
0: All right, so we've gone through the top 20 fantasy eligible college fantasy eligible players. Now we have a couple of follow-up questions that we're going to put out there. So first off, and we'll start with Tucker, who do you think is going to have the biggest fantasy impact on their new team and why? It could be somebody we've already covered. It could be somebody else. It doesn't matter if we've talked about them or not. Who do you think is going to have the biggest fantasy impact and why?
2: Well, the biggest fantasy impact probably out of all of them would be eric Gilbert. And I just think Florida is re- replacing so much on offense that they got to find the next man, and it's it's important for him to find him early. And I think with his his upside and his ability and his freakish athleticness, I mean, I think it'd be weird to pick anybody but Gilbert.
1: Yeah, I really like the pick of Gilbert. I think, uh, yeah, he's he's the highest rated tight end of all time. So. We, uh, I, f- I fully expect he'll be a star fantasy player. Um, you know, if you had Kyle Pitts as your tight end this year on the games that he played, on average, you probably had a 10, 15, 20-point advantage over uh, your competition, um, no matter what tight end they had most weeks. Uh, so that's a big advantage in fantasy if you can have, you know, potentially a 50% advantage points wise. Um, That's great. But I'll, I'll I'll say I'm going to, I, you know, I hope it's Eric Gilbert, but I I think Ty Chandler has an opportunity for that to be him with, you know, replacing uh, over 2000 yards of of running backs there. Um, He's never been the guy. Um, He's got that opportunity this year. So I think he'll put up more points than Gilbert, but which one gives you this, which one is the better statistical play uh, in terms of giving your fantasy team an advantage over competition. Gilbert's the right choice.
0: Absolutely agree with both of those two picks. So um, now we're going to go on to who do you see as the guy who do you think is the most under the radar guy who's transferred now under the radar could be the least expectations about this player. It could be a low level guy group of five guy that's been a transfer, just whoever, who, who comes to mind for you when you talk about somebody that's under the radar?
1: I really like, so just today, um, as we're recording the podcast here, Anthony Richards transferred over from Auburn to UCF. He followed Gus Malzon there. Um, and I didn't really like where he went, to Auburn, Auburn with their offense, they'll run a ton of, you know, end around style plays where, um, the receiver, um, slot receiver will get a lot of carries and, uh, they can coverage can bust and boom. Uh, Mark Anthony Richards has the speed. He's a really fast shifty running back. Um, <clears throat> Oh, I'm uh, DeAnthony. Uh, Thomas is someone who comes to mind with Mark Anthony Richards. And uh, him going to UCF, boy, he's got the talent to really, really show up in a big way. Fantasy-wise, I like that pick for him.
0: Danny, who's somebody that comes to your mind? Anybody come to your mind as somebody that's going to be under the radar?
1: This is going
2: to be completely under the radar, but I'm going with Andrew Parchment coming from Kansas, going to Florida State. They lose to Mario Ontario from last year. The whole passing game was a complete train wreck didn't really have a guy you could lean on. Um, very young at the position. So I have a with him coming over, senior, six two, good sized. I just have a I there I feel like there's a big hole for him that he could easily fill in the passing game if Florida State could get it rolling.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a guy that we already talked about, and the only reason why I think Mackenzie Milton is under the radar is only because People have short memories. It's been so long since he's been on the field. And unless you're somebody that follows UCF football, unless you're somebody from the Southeast, you may not have ever been exposed to to the way that Mackenzie Milton plays. And I don't think that a lot of people really understand the quality of player he is. So when you put him at a big time program like Florida State, I think he has the ability to surprise a lot of people that really just don't understand that this guy is the real deal. Yep. if he can get back after that injury
1: yep. yep i agree and just while we're on the topic i'll I'll mention just a few others that were on the list that we can mention so marquis step transferring from usc to nebraska keontae ingram running back from texas to usc grant calcaterra which is an interesting one uh from oklahoma to smu Jack Cohn from Wisconsin to Notre Dame, uh, potentially win that quarterback job there. Mookie Cooper, former uh, four-star, I believe, uh, recruit from Ohio State, going to Missouri at receiver, and Grant Gunnell um, moving over to Memphis. So we'll, those those will be interesting ones to follow. Um, Calcaterra is one that I've got my eyes on to, to kind of pick up later in drafts. Uh, at SMU kind of filling in there in a, in a tight end where where Granson crushed it for a, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of weeks, he was kind of close there to, to Kyle Pitts, but uh, good one to follow had some great seasons at Oklahoma before getting hurt. And uh, now he's got a shot at redemption potentially with the former Oklahoma quarterback, uh, Tanner Mordecai there at SMU.
0: Wow, that's a good stuff for man. Good stuff. Okay. So now we're going to ask, Who is still out there in the portal? And I went and looked out there today, and there is still an incredible number of players out there in the portal. It just blows your mind the number of players that are still out there between schools. Who's out there that's still in the portal that you're keeping your eyes on um, that, based on where they go, could really have a fantasy impact? Danny, we'll go to you first. Do you have anybody that you think would go into that, that bucket?
2: I have two of them. That, I, that are out there that I, I sort of like. Um, one of them is David Bailey. Played for Boston College last year. Uh, he is in the portal. Everybody knows how crazy A.J. Dillon went off for Boston College for years and how they leaned on the running game. Bill Jerkovic comes in last year. You just seen a whole different offense. They didn't lean on the running game so much with the running backs. Um, he's one guy that I feel still has a lot – left in the tank because of how much they rode AJ Dillon in his career. Um so it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Um and the other one that I really like that's still there is Al- Alan Bowman from Texas Tech. Um great fantasy quarterback for a couple years there. Um it'll be inter- inter- interesting to see where he lands.
0: Well, just look at the the history of if you're a quarterback at Texas Tech and you transfer somewhere you normally do pretty good.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it would be kind of interesting to see where he goes and what kind of offense he gets into.
0: Uh, the guy on my list that, that I'm interested to see where he goes is uh, Andrew Clare, the running back from Bowling Green, is on the is in the transfer portal. Um, Claire is the kind of guy that he's always had a lot of talk about him. If you look at his stats, his stats aren't really that over the course of a season. That's because he'd have one game where he'd be the main guy and he'd blow up. And then the next game, he get like five carries. Mm -hmm. And so he was one of those infuriating guys because Bowling Green could not decide if he was going to be the main guy or he was going to be the backup. So I think if he was to go to a school where he was actually going to be able to be the main guy and play against some competition that's at his level, he could produce some good fantasy stats.
2: Agreed.
1: Yeah. I, I guess I would say Tyler Shug, but he's already announced he's going to Texas Tech. So that's, that's one I've got my eye on to kind of see how he's going, um, in terms of people that are still out there. Um, nobody really else that I have my eye on Keith Corbin from Houston. Cause he had a, a big year, uh, or, or, you know, pretty decent career, I guess there at Houston with, you know, 94 passes, 1500 yards almost. Uh, but he's, he's going to go play for Dion. Um, at uh, Jackson state. So uh, Tyler Shug, that's who I was going to say, but yeah, he's, he's recently gone to Texas tech.
0: All right. So the last question that we have on here, I'm going to change it up just slightly from what we, uh, what we talked about pregame is um, is there any player that's transferred that you think either a where he transferred to is going to cloud up the fantasy picture there, or do you think by them transferring out, they have cleared up, the fantasy impact at the school they left so i think that's that's a tough question but i think that you can look at it from either side they may have transferred into a bad situation and made it where there's they're overloaded a quarterback running back wide receiver or by them transferring out now you've got a much clearer picture of what's going to happen at the school they left
1: So uh, Demarcus Bowman leaving Clemson really cleared the way for Lynn J. Dixon. He's not someone I've been incredibly impressed with as a running back, as a player, Um, but I think he'll be the beneficiary of them transitioning from Trevor Lawrence uh, to a new quarterback who has a really long last name that I need to practice. Um, but I, I really think they're going to lean a little bit more on the running game and Jalen Dixon's going to be the beneficiary on the flip side, Eric gray coming over from Tennessee to Oklahoma really muddies the water for fantasy. Um, you really like to go all in on Kennedy Brooks or Eric Gray. They're both good running backs in their own rights. So that's uh, that's just gonna be one to kind of watch. And if they're both healthy going into the season, it's probably gonna end up being a wash with um, a running quarterback and then two really good running backs in an offense that also passes the ball a lot. So um, that, uh, that's unfortunate from a, from a fantasy perspective.
0: So, um, the reason I change this up is I can't go a podcast about transfers without mentioning Bailey Hockman. I think that uh, Bailey Hockman, ba- Danny knows what it's like to have Bailey Hockman leave his program. I know <laughs> what it's like to have Bailey Hockman leave my program. I'm really glad to see Bailey Hockman transfer to a group of five school. Um, I've never been sold on Bailey Hockman's talent. Bailey Hockman is just good enough to win you a few games, but he's also just not good enough to cost you some games. And um, as a North Carolina State Wolfpack fan, he was inserted into the starting line of this year strictly because of COVID reasons. Devin Leary was always going to be the starting quarterback and Hockman had to come in. He started off the season, had a great game to start the year. But as the season went on, he did some. He was dreadful in certain games. Um, we were probably one of the worst teams with a good record out there in college football. Um, and the thing of the matter was at the when the season was over, I was like, I hope Hockman transfers only because he was probably going to be the fourth best quarterback on the NC State roster going into 2021, having um, having, uh, Ben Finley, having McLaughlin, and having Devin Leary come back in. He probably, from a talent perspective, would have been the fourth best quarterback coming back in on an ACC program. For him to go to a group of five school like Middle Tennessee State, the level of competition that he's going to play, he's probably going to have a chance to excel out there at Middle Tennessee. But it also clears up the pathway for all these good quarterbacks at, legit QBU of NC state who has more, more quarterbacks in the NFL right now than any other school. It legit clears the path up for Leary and Finley and McLaughlin to be able to do their thing without having the specter of Bailey Hockman still sitting there on the bench.
2: Yeah, I know how it feels to have him on your team. So (laughs) I was kind of happy to see when he went to NC state, but, um, Yeah, it definitely clears the air air in NC State, though, because now Leary is the man, you know, solidifies everything for you guys. Um, I'm looking at Florida State, and there's one guy that I didn't mention in the transfer, but LaDamian Webb going to Troy, I think is a very – could be a very good thing for him. A very physical runner, very good running back for us last year at Florida State. But I think that him slowly losing touches at the end of the season made him move on but he's a guy out there that I'm very interested in next year um, and watching to see what he can do going from an ACC to Troy, you know, weaker talent, stuff like that. And he ran very well against ACC competition. So he's going to be one that I'd keep my eye on to see how he does when he gets over there.
0: All right. So we've gotten to the end of the, the things we had scheduled for this podcast. So I'm going I'm going to push it back over to Brian Danny one more time. Is there any other advice you have to anybody out there in the college fantasy football world about things they should look for, trends they should look for in the transfer portal as we head into the twenty twenty one draft season?
1: Yeah, so um, I I do think players coming out of high school when they're being recruited, they 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 don't make the, the best decisions when it comes to depth charts and opportunity to play. And that's, that's a key part of, of transfers making that decision. That's most likely for everyone, their final college destination. They're potentially their last chance. So transfers are a huge deal in college football. They're a huge deal in college fantasy football now. So certainly in addition to, yes, following the depth chart, follow the coaches, uh, make sure, uh, you're looking at these coaches that are, um, or, you know, looking at players that are going to coaches that have an offense that's, uh, you know, like, like with Florida, for example, um, they're switching from a a pass happy offense this year, and they're going to be more run focused, um, so in this case, in our rankings, are going to reflect this, uh, this information because this is stuff we look at all the time. But if you're looking at any of the Florida running backs, uh, don't look at how they performed last year. You look at how they performed at Mississippi State because that's going to be a better analogy for how this year is going to play out um, with a different change in uh, in quarterbacks there. So you got to follow that. Um, Tuck, Matt, anything else on you guys? Do
2: you have anything, Danny? My big thing is... is- just don't fall in love with somebody that's a freshman out of or yeah freshman out of high school. Don't fall in love with them. Don't think they're gonna be the next big thing right off the awesome. bat. You know, I don't it's know easy how to goes. say
1: in February, but wait it till is. wait till July when draft's getting ready to come around.
2: <laughs> you no, know, I don't know. I've had more success with my fantasy when I've redshirt freshman, sophomore, somebody, somebody like that, you know, and I've won three championships with playing that role outside of going freshman. Um so just don't fall in love with the guy too early. Don't I would think early.
0: I would think the uh for this season particularly, I think we're probably going to see some very interesting people transfer out this coming year because this year we're going to have bloated rosters from mm-hmm. all the super seniors coming back. There's going to be additional players on the roster. I think you're probably going to see a lot more players that are dissatisfied with their playing time because the rosters are so big that um, you may see even more big name guys than we saw this year transfer out. So I think this year you're going to see a little more instability in 2021. So pay attention to that transfer portal and pay attention to who goes there and why.
1: You know, speaking of that, Matt, that brings up another thought. Um that I'm playing out kind of live here. So if you think back to D.R. King, um, this year going back, it's going to be a normal year. So once you get to once you get past four games, then you then you, that's when you'll start to see some transfers. Uh, players kind of opt out and decide to transfer out because they're not getting playing time, or or in the case of D.R. King, the team's just bad. That's not how they want to end their career, so they just uh, they transfer out. And it's worked out really well for him. Uh, that's going to be another thing that crushes fantasy teams um, that you just kind of have to hope for. It's nothing really that you can plan for, um, but it's it's going to be something to watch going into the new year.
0: All right. So we've come to the conclusion of this podcast. Brian, I know you've got a big list of the upcoming podcasts. Let people know. A little bit more about CFB Dynasty, why they should be going to your CFB Dynasty site, and what are some of the upcoming podcasts that are going to be coming up throughout the year?
1: Yeah, so next up, we're talking about the next man up. So this is going to be all, all of the top players in fantasy that are leaving their school, whether they're going to the NFL or they're going uh, whatever, leaving out of college. So your Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. Zach Wilson uh, gone, someone has, someone's got to step up. So we're going to be talking about who is going to fill the big shoes of the top uh, fantasy players that are moving on to the NFL. And then we get into the fun of the rankings. So very excited about our early college fantasy football rankings. Um, We'll at least be, be launching our, top 50 in each position and uh, we'll at least talk about the top 15 or so on the podcast, but that's going to be really exciting. Can't wait. Um, you know, mock drafts are, are soon to follow that. So uh, we look forward to all of that. It'll all be live on the site as soon as we've got it. But uh, thanks for listening. That's all I've got.
0: All right, Danny, if they were not going to find you on this podcast, where would they find you? Would it be at a bowling alley?
2: Yeah, probably. I bowled. Did you,
0: did you just have one of your best, your best, uh, your best sets ever the other night?
2: Uh, it wasn't a best set, but I I bowled really well in the last tournament I was in, and I got another tournament coming up this Saturday. We'll see how it goes.
0: All right, so Danny's going to be starting up a fantasy bowling podcast here really soon. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> anyways, guys, that's it for tonight. Once again, my name is Matt Knowles here for Brian McKelfrish, And Danny Tucker, this has been the top transfers impacting college fantasy football for CFB Dynasty. We're out. We'll see you next time.
1: See ya. See ya.